The Uyghurs are a minority group in China that is being heavily persecuted by the Chinese government. Approximately a million Uyghurs are in labor or concentration camps, and this horrific situation must come to an end. Let's find out from Mehmet Toti the background to this story. Uh, Uyghur Rights Advocacy Project is uh, funded by the National Endowment Fund for Democracy, Washington-based organization established by President Ronald Reagan in the 1980s to combat against communism. And so uh, a number of Uyghur organizations are receiving uh, grants and uh, financial assistance from this organization in our global campaign for our advocacy work at the same time to tell the story of Uyghurs and their situation uh, to the, uh, the global audience and the politicians. We do uh, document the human rights violations and atrocities of Uyghurs. And we share that documentations with uh, government organizations and the international bodies, at the same time other NGOs. At the same time, we do advocacy work and uh, uh, we are uh, providing the insights uh, to shape up uh, the Canada's China policy and how to handle the situation of uh, uh, situation we're in in China uh, from the Uyghur perspective. So it is one of the, the important uh, the duty we are fulfilling. Right. So, uh, Mehdi, um, it's a known fact uh, that uh, China is imprisoning Uyghurs today. Estimates um, range from about a million people plus um, that are being put into these labor concentration camps in terrible conditions. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- this has been on international spotlight since almost uh, three years. And we heard this uh, uh, terrible story starting from 2016. And uh, personally, the October uh, 23rd of 2016 was the last time I had my phone conversation with my mother. And at that time, my mother uh, sent me a chilling message and uh, said, and do not attempt to call me anymore. And uh, we are uh, the believers. And if we are unable to meet in this world, probably we will meet uh, hereafter. And so uh, that was your mother taken. Yeah, that was very uh, chilling message from one mother to her son, and I separated from my mother since 1990, and almost uh, 30 That's years, horrible. no chance, no chance of visiting each other, and it was uh, the phone conversation was available to October 2016, and since then. Uh, the me and the many Uyghurs living abroad, they lost contact with their family members. And then we start to hear that the Chinese government uh, starts the campaign of uh, detaining people without any given reason or any terms of release. And the numbers add, add up. 
and then finally early in early 2017 uh, inform some information leaked out from Chinese documents basically saying that my old hometown in Kashgar Kashgar city more than 120,000 people are rounded up and are put into the concentration camps and uh, and then we focused to figure out exactly what is going on. And the personal testimonies came out, started to came out, and the people joined one after another, and providing testimonies about their family members they lost contact with. And so uh, international campaign reached out some capitals in Western countries, just like Washington or others. And for the first time in August 2018, the UN Human Rights uh, meeting in Geneva, uh, one lady, high-level official, I forgot her name, and for the first time, she mentioned that up to one yeah. million Uyghurs detained in so-called uh, education uh, skill training centers, which is concentration camp. And so many right. people now be use that number as reference up to 1 million or more than 1 million. But the right. 5th, uh, September 15th, 2020, just a month and a half ago, Chinese government released yep. one official white paper. In that white paper, the government, uh, the government in that government white paper, there's some chilling uh, information revealed. And that, that white paper what do they reveal? the Chinese government started to put Uyghurs in concentration camps from 2014. And each year they detained 1.29 million Uyghurs till 2019. If you calculate and add up this number in six years span, it makes more than 7.8 million. That's unbelievable, Mehmet. That is really unbelievable. Um, I want to back up a little bit, and I have to t first of all t tell you I'm very sorry about your mother and about your family, and it's it's terrible that you haven't heard from her for 30 years. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about, because a lot of people may not know this, but how long have the Uyghurs been in China and you know, why is it that they are actually being rounded up by the Chinese? What is what is the explanation that, that you have? Yeah, uh, the Uyghurs are living in that part of geography since millenniums. Not one, maybe a number of millenniums. That is the ancestral homeland of Uyghurs. And we call it East Turkestan. Okay. And the China renamed it as Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region in 1955. And the Xinjiang means new uh -huh. territory or new frontier. Maybe it is the new territory for China, but it, it is not new territory for us. It is our ancestral homeland. And so Uyghurs are yes. part of a Turkic group and uh, very uh, closely associated or related to ethnic Uzbek, Kazakh, Kyrgyz, even today's Turkish people in Anatolia, Turkey. And so uh, as, as a Turkic people, as an ancient nomadic people, we are created our unique culture, civilization, and we, we were at the heart of ancient Silk Road. 
And uh, after 1949, especially after the Second World War, and uh, that part of geography is shared by Russia, Soviets, and China. So East Turkestan was uh, effectively uh, invaded by China with the help of Stalin and incorporated to Chinese territory and they renamed it as Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. On on paper, it is still Uyghur Autonomous Region. And the total population, according to Chinese census in 2016, was 11.7 million. But we don't believe that number. Our population should be around 20 million. And okay. uh, why it is happening? And that is a good question. Because yes. 2014, yes. and the Chinese president, current president Xi Jinping, he announced uh, what is called domestically in China uh, the 21st century Marshall Plan, which is Belt and the Road Initiative. If you look at the map, there are six corridors that connect uh, China to all over the world. Uh, the four of, uh, out of six corridors are passing through East Turkestan. And East Turkestan, that geography uh, is bordering with eight independent countries today. And without East Turkestan, China will lose its uh, borderline with Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and some portion of India. And so because that area is a jumping ground for China to secure its uh, global expansionism, expansionist plan through Central Asia, Eurasia, and Europe, and the Chinese government, instead of sharing the wealth and uh, economic prosperity with the owner of this land, the Uyghurs, they have chosen different way to eliminate them. Because in some, some days they may choose to be independent. In that case, my uh, whole plan will be collapsed. And that is the motivation right. for China. And basically uh, the Uyghurs uh, today are paying very high price uh, because Uyghurs are seen for China as a hurdle for their expansionism. And this is the, this is the, the, the basic reason. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's, that's very interesting because I was led to believe that it was more reason of, you know, religious belief. Um, is that, would that be also an accurate assessment? Uh, religious belief and a national identity are the two main pillar of Uyghurs that made, made them Uyghurs. And so uh, the Chinese government's uh, history, if you look at uh, the at least two or 300 years history, China assimilated people and uh, annexed their territory to Chinese territory. That is the way of Chinese expansionism. And many uh, so-called ethnic nationalities in southern part of China, nearby Vietnam and Hong Kong and Manchuria in north, those, are, uh, those people were not traditionally ethnic Han Chinese people. But China, Chinese government or Chinese people effectively assimilated them and then enacted their territory to their own and uh, expanded. In, since 2000 years history, the China is the only country expanded its territory continuously. And so that is the Chinese way. 
and why uh, the Uyghurs, nice. uh, the religious and the ethnic identity is the core issue here, because those identities uh, played very important role to stop the Chinese assimilation, because we have our own unique culture, which is much uh, advanced or much uh, superior than the Chinese one. And we have our own uh, language, history, and a unique view of life. And because Uyghurs are very uh, traditional and loyal to their own tradition and history, so Chinese government said, regardless you're religious or not, as long as you keep your national identity uh, by refusing to accept Chineseness, and you are the enemy of the state. Yes. And so uh, the Chinese government tried to assimilate the Uyghurs. And uh, in China, despite the China claims that there are 56 nationalities, all of them gone, all of them assimilated into China. They're just Tibetans right. and Uyghurs left. And now Mongols are also right. struggling so, to preserve their language. And so basically, eliminating so their own religious and ethno-national identity and the cultural legacy just to make them Chinese. And as we refuse to be Chinese, and they choose another way to eliminate them as a whole. I see. So Mehmet, um, this is a very interesting uh, perspective. I had never heard of this. Um, let me ask you and fast forward to the current uh, day where we heard a major development here in Canada and also in the US uh, where a parliamentary committee has now classified the atrocity that's taking place against the Uyghurs as genocide. And that's a very big milestone to define this as a genocide. Yes. Um, can you elaborate a little bit about why that is and how this came about? And we know that uh, the five elements of genocide from the, uh, the 1949 Geneva uh, Convention and uh, five elements yeah. of genocide are taking place. In fact, that five elements are uh, falling short to describe what is happening for Uyghurs because those five elements uh, are identified on the base of the situation in 1949, especially after Jewish Holocaust. And now Chinese government yes. is uh, redefining the definition of genocide by using modern technology. And uh, so uh, the many people are dying from the, the concentration camps. That is the reason Chinese government is building crematoria just right beside the concentration camps, just to burn the death without any clue, without leaving any. Now, now is, this, is this documented that they are building yes, crematoria? Yes. Do we have the evidence? Um, yes, that of effect? course. And uh, some people even uh, used uh, Google Earth map just to identify crematorium and the concentration camps. And, and, and you, you, you mentioned to me that you have uh, eyewitnesses um, that have escaped, that are either living in Canada or around the world that have also testified. Yes, Is that correct? yes. There are uh, so far four uh, uh, survivors from concentration camps in the United States and one survivor in uh, the Holland and one survivor is in Sweden. I see. Okay. And they have testified in front of the parliamentary committee uh, here in Canada. And I think in the U.S. they're also looking yes, into this. Yes, and uh, 
two survivors uh, testified in the in the parliamentary committee on July twenty first, twenty second, and a number of them already uh-huh. testified before the U.S. Congress and the Senate, and also in the European Parliament. Okay, so I mean, this is quite significant development that there's eyewitness testimony that you've got Google images of these camps and that you're suggesting that there is a crematoria. Um, what are the next steps? How do we get this stopped? How do we react to this as a global community uh, to ensure that, A, the world is knowledgeable about what is happening to the Uyghurs? Uh, but secondly, and this is part of why I'm doing this podcast, because I'd like to the community to be much more informed so that we never say that we didn't know. And, you know, it, of course, in the Holocaust, we know that people had denied any knowledge that this was going on. So I think providing mass knowledge is, is important and as much evidence as possible is important. Um, but what else can we do on the ground level to change the course of history and uh, free the Uyghur people? And the number one, we have to get rid of the impact of almighty dollars. Because many countries are in fear of losing a business possible or a potential business deals with China, or their vulnerability uh, from Chinese financial or political or diplomatic pressure. Uh, the many countries, especially shamefully many Muslim countries, are closing their eyes on the ongoing genocide taking place for Uyghur people committed by Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese government. And so we have to stand up on justice and we have to uh, we have to keep our promise we made after Jewish Holocaust, never again. We have to keep our promise. Yep. And secondly, uh, the countries like the United States and Canada and uh, uh, the right-minded countries that uh, value the human dignity, human life, human liberty, rule of law, and the freedom and so we have to stand up on our own values. And today, what is happening for Uyghurs will not stay within Uyghurs. And the Chinese government is expanding its uh, surveillance technology and authoritarian regime to other countries and exporting uh, that, uh, the, the way of controlling population in uh, more than 50 countries right now. And so unless we stand up, it is not the case of Uyghurs. It is the case for our future generation in Canada and around the world. If we let China continue its expansionism like this, and the China basically is rejecting the, the world uh, values that we established after the Second World War and they're trying to establish its own system, which is very opposite yeah. of what we are believing in and what we, we have been fighting for and what we are uh, having yeah. right now. And so we have this. So Mehmet, you, you must be, so on that point, you must be, you know, uh, happy to see in a, in a way that the world is, is starting to take note of what's happening with respect to China. And there is a little bit of pushback. Maybe there should be more, but there is a little bit of pushback that's starting to take place. Yes, you're absolutely right. And um, there are, uh, the United States uh, recently uh, they adopted four, uh, three uh, the specific uh, legislation uh, 
to address this issue. One is Uyghur rights, Uyghur rights, Human Rights Policy Act, and another one is Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, another one is Uyghur Forced Labor Disclosure Act, and there is another. Uh, the legislation is in, uh, tabled in the Congress, and we have to push our government to do the same. And at least uh, the products are coming from China. If it is cotton-related products, there are there is ninety percent chance that those products are associated with the. Uh, slavery labor of Uyghurs because uh, the 90% of the Chinese cotton output is produced in East Turkestan by the slave labor of Uyghurs. And uh, the China is exporting approximately 30% of cotton-related products to worldwide. And so if you huh. buy any products which is cotton-related coming from China, there is 90% chance that you are buying, you are paying for, or you are, com you are compensating for Chinese policy of forced labor. And so we have to, we have to put That's pressure our government to uh, clearly uh, uh, adopt some kind of uh, legislation or regulation to put a check mark on the companies who are dealing with the forced labor or who are part of the supply chains coming from uh, the that part of the world. And so this is number one. It is uh, well, important because uh, most of the big corporations and uh, uh, retail uh, stores, outlets, are selling Chinese product. Uh, they are associated this way or another way with the forced labor. So we have to push our government uh, to clean up our market from the forced labor. And also we have a uh, legislation to prosecute those who are responsible for atrocities and the genocide and the crime against humanity, uh, we have to. Right. So on that on that point, you know, we talked about it earlier that you know implementing the Magnitsky Act might be important here in Canada against uh, Chinese officials, uh, so that we can dissuade them from continuing the imprisonment of. Uyghurs, and I know that the U.S. is looking at uh, very similar actions as well. Uh, would you agree with yes, that? Yes, of course. And uh, we passed that legislation for purpose. And unfortunately, we are undermining yeah. our own credibility in Canada by using that piece of legislation for some countries or for some individuals from some countries. And when it comes to China, yes. we are holding back. So basically, yep. as a champion of uh, protection of human rights globally, and that attitude is clearly undermining the long-term credibility of our position. And if we are sincere and serious about the defending of human rights globally, we have to have a same standard, regardless it is China or it is Cuba or it is Russia or Saudi Arabia. And yeah, unfortunately, I, yeah, I yeah. couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, we we have to do better as a country to hold up our own values and to hold up our own ideals of promoting freedom, democracy, and human rights. And that is a major, major uh, issue. And uh, we have to look at how it is that we can enforce that as a country and also as a government. 
Uh, Mehmet, I think we're going to have to leave it at, at, at that, but I, I think that you've provided us with an exceptional, I have to say, very detailed analysis. You're clearly very passionate about this, very aware about the international factors and plight of the Uyghurs. Um, I will as well advance this narrative and this cause to ensure that uh, the public is aware of it. Um, and will continue fighting for their freedom. Because as you said, never again is never again for everybody. And I'm in complete agreement. So thank you again and best of luck to you, sir. You are welcome. You're welcome. Thank you.